You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. It's time. It's time. Time to get in the zone. Time to get in the zone. With the 49ers web zone. This is the No Huddle Podcast with Al, Zane, and Brian. We are 49ers Web Zone, No Huddle Podcast, part of the Odyssey family. I'm El Sacco with Zane Nockby. If you listen to the show, if you like the show, subscribe, hit that like button, give us a five-star rating. We really appreciate it. We appreciate all you guys that tune in and listen every week more than you will ever know. Zane, how you feeling, buddy? Well, it's the smack dab middle of the offseason, right? So... There's not a lot going on except for a little nugget that dropped today via Ian Rappaport that will interest a lot of 49ers fans. In fact, every 49ers fan should be interested in this. Yeah, it looks like Purdy might be ready to throw this week. And, and Rappaport was on Pat McAfee, which is a great show, by the way. I love, I love Pat McAfee's show. And yep. he was going through timetables, so he said, okay, let's say he's he's throwing early this week. He said, first of all, that would be really good news because that would mean he's basically either on track or, or even a little bit ahead of schedule which is great for the Niners. So Rapport went on to say, what this means is he now has a three-month, based on the original time frame, has a three-month time where he's got starts throwing and then get to the point where he's throwing regularly without an issue. This should be right before the start of the season, probably early, early September, where he should be around 100%. And again, that, that's great news for the 49ers. So Rapport said again, he went on to say, if that's the case, he's throwing this week and hopefully has no setbacks. If it, if it continues to be the case, you're looking at realistically, he could maybe start week one, or if not week one, Rapport said shortly thereafter. So late eight August, early September. If that's the case, saying probably worst case scenario, you're looking at Purdy maybe week two or week three if it takes him a little while to get going, but there's a good chance now he's actually going to be ready to start the season. So you're telling me that all of this QB talk and conjecture about Trey versus Sam Darnold, this, this all was for nothing? Is that what you're saying? That the well, last I mean, I guess you could years. still say QB2, I guess, right? But I think I think it's Brock's <laughs> job. He's healthy. Uh, barring him coming in and, and looking terrible, I I can't see how it's not his job. So, Of course. You can't bench that. They, they've never looked better under Kyle Shanahan than they did under Brock Purdy. So you, you, you're not going to bench that. And this, this to me was a great – it was a huge sigh of relief because I think that we were talking about maybe four weeks, six weeks. We didn't know how much time he missed in the, in the regular season. And if we're just talking about a week or two, that's something that you can skirt by with regardless of Darnold or Trey, whoever it is, you can mm-hmm. skirt by for a game or two with one of them. 
And I think that that's, that's what they may do. I, I don't know if, I don't know if Brock will start week one, especially against Pittsburgh on the road. Would you want a softer landing against the Rams in LA, which is like a home game or mm-hmm. what do you do there? But I, but I like the fact that they would have options in that scenario and, and they can decide now, look, Again, everybody knows that I'm a thrower of things and I've been the thrower of things for a long time in my life growing up. And you just don't know until you actually start throwing what the recovery timetable will be. And you just don't know because, look, a lot of times guys, they develop like tendonitis in their elbow or whatever it is in their shoulder because their other ligaments and muscles are, are making up for the weaker, the weaker ones that got repaired. And that's completely normal. And they have to put their rehab on pause for, for a couple of weeks or a month or whatever it is. So really that's, that's great that I think that they put that timetable out there, but it's not written in stone. And I don't think that 49ers fans should expect Brock Purdy to start week one. It would be nice, but I'm still rolling with my prediction that I think that Brock Purdy will miss anywhere from one to one to two games. And you'll probably see him for sure. Week three, maybe week two. This is coming from college baseball, baseball legend, Zane, for, for, the, for, the, for those who don't know. Well, who did you pitch for again, Zane? Man, I played t- I played two years in Canada. I played one year at Central Washington. It, wait, in, in college in Canada? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Do you, what, do you have, like, your stats online somewhere? Oh, man, that, that college disbanded the baseball team, like, five years ago. Oh, <laughs> so, oh really? Was that I bad? I don't know huh? if so, but I did, but I did, I did pitch a complete game in yes. uh, the semifinal to the championship. The year we won, so we won what's equivalent to the state championship over there for for college. We won our provincial championship, and the semifinals, I pitched a complete game and got us into the finals. It was the back end of a doubleheader. Um, it was the most innings I got that year because <laughs> I was a freshman, and I, I pitched a complete game, got us in the finals, and then we won the, the championship the next game. So, did you hit ninety? I did not hit 90. I barely, I barely hit 80, man. I was a soft tosser. I was, oh, that's really? why I never made it. Throw, man. I, was, I, didn't throw hard enough. I didn't throw hard enough. Dude, I'd wear t-shirts. I would have t-shirts made if I did that. So you're, you're <laughs> all good. All right. So getting back to this quarterback thing, it's so important, Zane, for the Niners in this year of 2023 that we keep talking about how important it is. And, and it, it's, this team's going to look different in 2024. It's important that they can get, 15 plus games from their starting quarterback and have them going healthy into the season. And the Niners, the last 20 years, have had only had a quarterback start, their starting quarterback play 15 or more regular season games six times in 20 years. They've only had them play the full season five times in 20 years. Now, if you look at guys like Kirk Cousins and Russell Wilson and Matt Ryan and Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen, and I can go on and on and on and on, even Matthew Stafford, he only, I think it was seven out of nine years or something like that where he played every game. Aaron Rodgers he only had two seasons where he missed time. Starting quarterbacks are playing all the time. Tom Brady, look at the longevity he had and how durable he was. And the Niners have, have had the worst luck or whatever you want to call it to not be able to do that. And it's not even every game because sometimes, you, you know, if you're the Chiefs, maybe you don't play Patrick Mahomes last week. So it would have been 15 games or 16 games. So for me, 15, even with the 17-game schedule, is is the mark. I want to see a quarterback play 15 games. The Niners have only done that six times in the last 20 years. So let's take a trip down memory lane. And let's look at what we've actually had to go through as 49ers fans since 2003. Now, 2022, Jeff Garcia started the whole season. So 2003, 
Garcia, 13 starts. Retay, three. They went seven to nine. 2005, which was, I'm sorry, 2004. Retay, nine. Dorsey, seven. They went two and 14. 2005, which may have been the worst quarterback season in 49ers history. Alex Smith, seven. Retay, four. Dorsey, three. Pickett, two. They went four and 12. 2006, Alex Smith started every single game. He took every single snap. They went seven and nine. 2007, Smith, seven. Dilfer, six. Sean Hill, two. Chris Winkie with an appearance at the last game of the season. They went five and 11. 2008, Sean Hill and JTO Sullivan, eight apiece, seven and nine. 2009, Alex Smith, 10. Sean Hill, six. They went eight and eight. 2010, Alex Smith, 10. Troy Smith, six. They went six and 10. And then you started to have some stability in the Harbaugh years. Alex Smith started every game in 2011. They went 13 and three. 2012, the change, there was Smith did get a concussion, but then they went to Kaepernick for, for on the field reasons. And Smith mm-hmm. started nine games that year, cap seven, they went 11, four and one. And then they had two back-to-back years of Kaepernick starting every game, 12 and four in 2013, eight and eight in 2014. And then the shit show started. 2015, you had Kaepernick and Gabbard at eight apiece, five and 11. 2016, Cap had 11, Gabbard five, two and 14. 2017, Kyle Shannon has had the worst luck with quarterbacks. C.J. Mm-hmm. Beathard, five. Hoyer, six. Garoppolo, five, six, and ten. 2018, C.J. five. Mullins, eight. Garoppolo, three, four, and twelve. Jimmy starts the whole year in 2019, 13, and three. 2020, Garoppolo, six. Mullins, eight. C.J., two. They go six and ten. 2021, he got 15 starts out of Jimmy. Two out of Lance. They go ten and seven. And this is the year that was an outlier. They go through three quarterbacks in 2022. Jimmy with 10 starts, uh, Lance with two, and Purdy with five during the regular season, and they go 13 and four. So in those those six years that they had 15 or more starts, they are 63 and 34 as a team, the quarterback. In the 14 years where they didn't, they're 86-138-1. With last year being an outlier, and 2012 was an outlier as well because you had the Kaepernick change. But that should tell you how important it is for the Niners to get a full season or close from Purdy. And I think there's, there, so there's a lot of reasons for what you just mentioned, in my opinion. And I think that I'll start number one with coaching. And if you look at the coaches that a lot of those quarterbacks had, just guys that were completely in Most of those guys aren't in, in the NFL anymore. None mm-hmm. of them, in fact. None of those guys are coaching the NFL at this point as a, as a head coach, except for Kyle, obviously, right? But before yeah. Kyle, it, that's it. You could argue that Harbaugh would have had his would have had a job in the NFL. He's still not coaching here, and that was arguably the most st- stable time for quarterbacks that the Niners have had since Steve yeah. Mariucci. So, I think that when a coach is failing and they're losing, it's the first button that they'll push. It's benching the quarterback, right? Mm-hmm. That's that's the biggest thing that they'll do. To, 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 it's it's like hockey. What happens when you're when your team is struggling? The first thing you do, you you bench the goalie. And you let the backup come in. And it's very similar in football. And, and all of those cases that you just mentioned, minus the Harbaugh years and a couple of the Kyle years. Well, Kyle, I think it's more so because of injuries. But mm. in all of those cases, it was because the team was losing at a historic rate. And they were among one of the worst teams in the league consistently. And what's a coach going to do? He can't. He's not going to fire himself. He's not going to fire his coordinators. He's going to look at what's on, what's on the field and try to change that. So I, I understand I, I it, it sucks that they had to go through that, but I understand like the logic of like why it happened. 
So I think that's one thing. The other thing is this, that they never settled the quarterback position post Jeff Garcia. They never did. And that's including Alex Smith because they, they ended up letting him walk in favor of Kaepernick. Right. So it was maybe a bridge, but they never have had a long-term solution. I'm talking about 10 plus years at the quarterback position since, mm-hmm. since Steve young, even Garcia was just uh, kind of a few years flash in the pan. He was yeah. gone. So that is the second thing that contributes to this. The third thing that contributes to this and the thing that you can't control is injuries. And that's the thing that Kyle has dealt with in his tenure. So I feel like each, each era of coaches have, have dealt with like one of these three things or multiple of these three things, but Mm. Kyle in particular, his, he's just had terrible injury luck with his quarterbacks. And I think that again, Jimmy Garoppolo is injury prone. And that's, that's one thing that's, that's not really Kyle's fault. The guy, the guys was, he was always getting hurt, still hurt with the Raiders. Mm-hmm. There was Trey Lance, and you could argue that maybe that was partly on Kyle and partly on Trey for not protecting himself or just partly on a, a freak thing. And then now you've got Brock Purdy, which is a complete freak thing. So there's it's it's it takes a really complicated string of events for this sort of trend to happen amongst an NFL team, which is why you never see it. And it's been that for the 49ers for the past 20 years at the quarterback position. And with Alex Smith, too, I mean, you just talk about mishandling the quarterback. Going yeah. through offense coordinator after offense coordinator, he was, I believe it was 2007 when he was really hurt. And Mike Nolan just threw him under the bus. With his I mean, shoulder, it was, it was, yeah. Yeah, with his shoulder. Yeah. I mean, it cost him two years, right? He didn't play it all in 2008. Mm-hmm. I put a lot of those years out of my head. But, um, <laughs> he's, you know, they absolutely just did, a t- did not do right by him. And I remember after that 2010 season, Somebody asked him if there's any chance he, he would be back, and he, he laughed. He's like, come on. And then, you know, Harbaugh comes in and, and talks to him and, and talks him into staying, and it really was the beginning of changing his career around. But I brought up that 2005 season, which was – I don't know how they won four games when, when you oh. consider how bad their quarterback play was. They were – okay, so they're 4-12, and 12, but saying their quarterbacks were 204 for 389. That's including two for two from Arna's battle. 52.4% completion percentage. They threw for 2,190 yards in a 16-game season. Eight touchdown passes and 21 interceptions. I don't understand how they won a game that year. I mean, that may be the worst quarterback season of all time. So bad. They were awful. So they were bad. awful. And they were, they were somehow 30th in points. There were, there were two teams worse than them in points. This was the year that Alex Smith threw 11 interceptions and one touchdown. He didn't throw yeah. his he, he threw his only touchdown, I believe, in the last game of the season. It was against the Texans. And that was the Reggie Bush Bowl. Or that was that was the Mario Williams slash Reggie Bush Bowl, right? Where the Niners mm-hmm. needlessly won that game and 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 they ended up not getting Reggie Bush out of that. And uh, you know, they ended up with Vernon Davis instead, which was also a fantastic draft pick the next year. But those are comically bad numbers <laughs> for an NFL team so to not even as a team throw for three thousand yards in a season. And the the lone bright spot on that team, there was one bright spot on that team. The lone bright spot on that team was a rookie, a 22-year-old rookie out of the University of Miami by the name of Franklin Gore, who ran for 608 yards at 4.8 yards a pop. He was the bright spot. Sign of things to come. He ended up taking over for Kevin Barlow and and the rest is history. So, man, at least least those those days are over. But – you know, we'll see with the quarterback thing. It's it's never going to end until we know for sure. 
that they have a franchise guy. We're going to keep talking about it. It's going to go back and forth, but whatever. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, we did our requisite QB talk for the show. You brought up something that was really interesting to me. So you, we were talking about how excited you were to have Hargrave and Bosa. And mm-hmm. I'll let you react to that. That got me thinking about the players outside of Hargrave and Bosa, because maybe we're a little top heavy on the defensive line. Yeah, I think so for those who haven't seen it. So PFF put out their, their pass rush rankings for, for this current, you know, top 10. So the Niners are, I believe the only team that have two, two players in the top 10 and Javon Hargrave and Nick Bosa are those players. And I think that one of the things that made the Niners so successful in the, the run in the nineties when they had Bryant Young and Dennis Doublefield was that they had pressure up the middle. And one of the things that, that made them so successful in general, when they had Bryant Young was that he was able to bring pressure up the middle. And that's, that is crippling to an offense because that's something mm-hmm. that will blow up a play immediately. If, if the, if they get pressure right up, right up the gut. So that is something that I hope they can capitalize on this year that we haven't necessarily seen. Armstead had a really good year in 2019, right? That was Bosa's rookie year. He had a good year that year. DeForest Buckner was was really good when he was he was here as well up the middle, but they have all of the other surrounding pieces now of that defense where they have elite players at every level now. And I want to see what an interior pass rush does now with with what we have now with the best defense in the NFL and the most talented defense in the NFL. And I know you feel a certain way about the edge rushers, but I think and I hope that having Hargrave up the middle and Bosa off one edge will at least alleviate some of the pressure off of whoever's coming off the opposite side. Well, I'm a little bit, I'm, I think they're one injury away from a major problem. Now, anytime you take Nick Bosa out of anything, he's the best defensive player in the league or arguably that's going to make a huge difference to your defense. Look what happened to the Steelers when TJ Watt got hurt. So yeah, I understand if you take him out, it, it, there's an issue regardless, but they're going to be relying a lot on, on both bars, Bosa and Hargrave this season. Now I like I like the players the Niners have in the interior, but you look at last season, they had 50, let's see, they had the fourth fewest pressures in the NFL from the defensive tackles last year. Okay. Now bringing Hargrave in, 
he had a 14% pressure rate um, the last two seasons, and he was the only defensive tackle over 12% with a minimum of 500 pressures the last two years. So he's been a force on the inside, pass rushing wise. But beyond that, there's not much. And I, I do like the players in terms of stopping the run and, you know, being, they have good players there, but I don't know how good the pass rush is going to be from there other than Hargrave. So you look at, you look at the inside first, it'll be Hargrave and Armstead. They have Kinlaw who you hope can try to rejuvenate his career. Kevin Gibbons. I like, I think Kelly Davis is going to end up having a, a nice season. He's a guy that they've had on the shelf. Who they've been developing. They have McGill. So they have some nice pieces there, but can they get a pass rush? And you mentioned Armstead and Eric Armstead. Again, I, I, I like Eric Armstead. I, I do. I probably like him more than most people do. I think he's a very good player. Is he worth the money he's making? No, but he, but he's a good player. But I didn't even realize this. I was looking at his regular season sack numbers. In his last 42 games, he has nine sacks. That's mm-hmm. it. He, he didn't have any last year, which I didn't even realize. I know he battled some injuries last year, but that's you're paying a dude 23 million a year. They're, they're going to need more this year from him. They are. And it may be his last year on the team. And then you mentioned Edge. I feel like I'm taking crazy pills, Zane. Every time. I read something about the Niners. It's like, well, what are we worried about? We're worried about the offensive line. And I get that. I, I, I understand that because tackle, right tackle is still, we're not sure about McKivitz and we'll see what Burford does in year two. I understand it. But how do you look at this edge group and be anything but worried? You have Bosa, who we know is phenomenal. But beyond that, you're relying on Austin Bryant, who has four and a half sacks in four years. Kerry Hyder, who was rushing from the inside last year, he's got 21 sacks in six years. He's had a couple nice seasons, but other than that, he, he typically doesn't put up big numbers. Drake Jackson had three last year. He's the guy who they're hoping on to, to take that next step and be a legitimate starter. And then you have you have Farrell, who's had 10 sacks in four years. Now you're bringing in Beal in, in, as a rookie, but you cannot have a lot of confidence in this group beyond Bosa. And God forbid there's an injury. Last year, you're like, well, yeah, they're still screwed if Bosa gets hurt. Yeah, they are, or they would have been, but you feel at least okay with the Manihu there and Ibukam, they can pick up the slack. And Bosa wore down at the end of the year. You look at him in the playoffs, he was not as dominant as he was in the regular season, sacks-wise. Well, he had he the injury. Like he, he, had, he, had, he had an injury. He had, he had a groin, right? I don't I don't know. Did we ever actually know if he was actually hurt or not? I feel like he was, he, he had an abdomen or a groin or he had some sort of injury. I, I can't recall what it was, but I, he I feel looked like, like he in was... the playoffs, he wasn't quite himself. And, and that's a lot to rely on him year after year, 19 games, 20 games. He's going to need some help. He's going to need somebody to take the pressure off him a little bit. Hargrave can do that from the inside, but one of these defensive ends have to step up. And I don't feel like people are talking about it enough. Yeah. So, you know, who's still out there? Our boy, mine, Brian's boy. Yannick Ngakwe, mm-hmm. he's still he's still out there. Yeah, he's there's some bad edge guys old. out there. He's 28 years old, okay, and you know he's he's waiting for a contender. He's he was with Indianapolis last year. They were terrible. He wants to win. He had nine and a half sacks for them. He has 65 career sacks. He had 10, 10 sacks the year before with the Raiders in 2021. So that is a name that I I will pound the table. For Yannick and Gakwe, because, and I know that that people will say the cap and this that look, the Niners got Prague Marate. It's not up to us to figure out the cap, right? It's up to Prague. But that is the name that I that I've been looking at. Brian's been looking at it at, at that as well since the season ended. That is mm-hmm. the target that I'm looking at for them to bring in 
at some point in training camp or maybe early on in the season, he's clearly looking for the right deal. Otherwise, he would have signed with somebody. Clearly looking for the right deal and the right team. And I think the Niners are that team. And I think that they they will make a move for a pass rusher at some point this, before the season starts. They have to. And they have some money now after they restructured, I think it was McCaffrey's deal, right? They have some extra money now where they can put give somebody like that a one-year deal with incentives. It can't yep. hurt, but I, I think you have to bring another vet in here before camp. I don't see any way around it. I think you're playing with fire if not. And people want to put on, you know, the blinders or the red and gold glasses. Oh, we have Chris Kosarek. He's going to make everybody great. Maybe. Maybe he will because he's done it with Arden Key and he did it with the Manny Hugh and he's, he's done it with other guys. But to me, I just look at it and I, I try, we're trying to win a Super Bowl here. Mm-hmm. I don't know if the depth is there anymore on, on, on the edges. And, and we'll see again. I really like the players they have in the middle. I don't know about pass rush wise, but I like the guys that they have overall. They're going to need Armstead to step up and they're going to need one other one of these edge guys to step up. So we'll, we'll see how it goes down. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Zane, what was this thing you're telling me about the quarterback and coach pair you saw? And it was like Kyle Shanahan and Joe, Joe Montana. Is that what it was? You mentioned this to me, but I didn't see it. Yeah, so I believe it's 49ers, 49ers edits that put it out on uh, Twitter. Uh, and apologies if I get the, the name wrong, but there was a graphic put out and there's three pairs of quarterbacks and coaches. And it was just like, which would you choose a, B or C first pair was bill Walsh and Brock Purdy. Second okay. pair, second pair was Jim Harbaugh and Steve young. And then the third pair was Kyle and Joe. So this created an uproar but so first of all i think i think it's a fantastic really fun exercise to have we haven't seen this before right I think yeah all, okay all the years we've seen, we've been on niners twitter this is the first time we've seen like you know a, an exercise like this before or, or an experiment like this before so the vast majority of people obviously went with with kyle and joe because more because of joe montana than anything or if they want to talk about oh what joe could do in a kyle offense me personally I went with Bill Walsh and Brock Purdy and everybody was like, Oh, well you're picking against Joe. No, no, no. I'm picking Walsh over Kyle. And I will do that eight days of the week. You and think Kyle, Kyle's going to bring Montana down that much? No, it's not about bringing him down that much. I think that that Walsh will bring Purdy up that much. Look, first of all, Montana was hurt. All, like he was hurt during Walsh's tenure here. He's not going to make it through a full Kyle season. We know that. We know how Kyle goes <laughs> yeah. to the Joe Montana would not make it through a full season under Kyle Shanahan. Okay. We, we, we could probably say that with confidence, but that being said, I think that 
the reason why is because I feel like Bill Walsh is the most influential football coach of all time, outside of maybe Vince Lombardi and and some of these some of the coaches that first like were pioneers of the game of the modern era, meaning like I guess modern like post merger when when football kind of started looking like it does now. Mm-hmm. Bill Walsh was was the guy. He was that guy to the point where his fingerprints are all over the league now. He hasn't coached. He's he's been passed away since two thousand and seven. He, he hasn't coached, obviously, a game in 35 years. It's been 35 years since he coached the Niners in the NFL. He still has a coaching tree that's alive and well in the league. Kyle Shannon himself is a Bill Walsh disciple. And while people may say, oh, well, it's not the same offense, and Walsh, he would not have been able to survive in, in this today's NFL, why not? There's an there's offshoots of his offense. Andy Reid runs an offshoot of the Bill Walsh offense. And, yes, he has Patrick Mahomes and an all-world quarterback, but – for that reason, I mean, Walsh, Joe Montana wasn't Joe Montana until obviously Bill Walsh got him, right? They worked together and then Joe, the rest is history. I don't know if I would trust Kyle to develop like a rookie Joe Montana into like, you know, oh, man. I don't know. Oh, man. I don't know. <laughs> what era did it say what era they were playing in? Or See, no? that's that's the caveat, right? Is that like if if it was prime Joe, I'm taking Kyle and Joe all day, right? Like you're not you're not being that. Joe will beat everybody. But if it's like rookie Joe Montana and you have to develop him, I don't know if Kyle would be able to do that because when has he ever been able to develop a quarterback? All right, so there's a lot of layers to this to me. So, okay, if <laughs> if if these are guys starting from their rookie year, it's, it is really hard to bet against Walsh. I, I agree with that. It's really hard to what, he, what he's going to develop. But – I've also I've seen what Kyle can do when he when he's got a top tier talent talent like Matt like Matt Ryan. We we saw what he was able right. to do that one season with Matt Ryan. I'm just gonna look at this as peak for all of them. Okay. I feel like that's that's kind of how I have to look at it. So okay. and I have to say it's in this era. I just feel like it's really tough. Like like yeah, if you put Kyle in, in the eighties, like literally like quarterbacks may have died with yeah the way that he has like with injury luck and everything like that. Well, that was so, Houston, right? right? That, was, that, was, that was running the shoot offense, right? Houston ran it. Atlanta ran it for a little bit in the, the, the early nineties. And it just, it didn't work because they, it's just, the league wasn't ready for that. Right. Like they were just running gun all the time. They, they, they couldn't do that back then. I cannot, I have to go. The way I feel about Montana is like Brady. You just, you just, they can do anything. I feel like you put him anywhere. Yeah. You just, I can never go against Joe Montana. So you can put Joe Montana and I don't know. Dennis Erickson, and I probably still pick it because because Joe Montana is still there. So I got to go with that. And then it's Harbaugh and Young. Oh, I'd love yeah. to see that. Oh, That'd my God. The sideline. With the way those two guys are, they probably would like tear each other's head. There's so many sideline fights and everything. Oh, I kind of would love to see that. But I got to, I, I can't go against two Hall of Fame quarterbacks knowing what they are. I, I would go, I would go the Montana Shanahan one. I would go Harbaugh as much as he's a nut job and Young too. And then Walsh and Purdy, just because we don't know what Purdy is yet. Um, yeah. I mean, does Walsh turn him into Steve Bono? No, Steve Bono? Not that there was anything wrong with Steve Bono. Steve Bono was a good quarterback, but he wasn't obviously the level of Montana or Young. So I have to, yeah. I would, I would put, I would put Purdy Walsh third, Young mm-hmm. Harbaugh second, and then I, I got to go Joe. And, and so if we're talking, yeah, and and I and I, it's funny because people people are like, oh, you're, you know, obviously there's a lot of knee jerk reaction to that. But I think the way that I was thinking of was like from the beginning. So if it was like rookie, then then it's it's very different. But in peak time, yes, I agree. I'm I'm taking Kyle and and Joe Montana at their peak because nobody's beating that. 
you could no. put you could put me at coach at head coach with Joe Montana and we would win Super Bowls. Joe was that good, right? Like he was just that cerebral on the field. He was that good. Those teams were that dominant that it just didn't matter who was who, you know, and that's not to say like Walsh's contribution was minimal, but they went to George Seifert and didn't miss a beat. It's just like, like they were just automatic. And I think that it it was because of Joe Montana very largely because he was the the Mm -hmm. main cog in that wheel. And obviously you had a a lot of other hall of fame players and hall of fame caliber players, Jerry Rice, you know, greatest receiver of all time, in my opinion, possibly greatest football player of all time. Roger Craig, who should be in the hall of fame. You had excellent role players, Tom Rathman, Brent Jones, John Taylor, all those guys fit the system. Yeah. But again, like that's my argument for Walsh is that he developed that system, right? And he identified those guys that fit his system and they all became legendary contributors. So again, we're talking like zero at zero. I would, I would pick Purdy and Walsh or Walsh and Purdy. If we're talking peak, it's, it's Montana and Kyle all day. You could even throw like, I don't know, Garcia and Seifert. Like, I feel like they deserve to at least be in the, in the (laughs) argument, you know, like they did enough. Garcia is the last Pro Bowl QB they've had. And yeah, Seifert has, true. you know, Seifert's winning percentages. I, I know he had a loaded team, but it's not, you know, he's won two Super Bowls. He's won like 75% of his games or whatever it was. So they probably deserve to be in there too. That's interesting though. That's a good offseason argument. It is. Also, is George Seifert the Jimmy Garoppolo of coaches where he just like, that? you look at that winning percentage, but then people are like, oh, because he doesn't get credit, right? He, he does not get talks about, like, Everybody talks about the great teams that he inherited and all that stuff and how he should have won more than than the two Super Bowls that he had. And really that 1990 Super Bowl where people just didn't forgive him for that, even till this day, where they lost against the Giants in the championship game. And mm-hmm. I, it's, it's just funny because I feel like he was a really good coach because there have been so many great teams that have failed to win Super Bowls that have not been able to make it over the top. But he was able to make it work and win multiple Super Bowls with them with totally different groups of players. So he should get the credit for that. In my opinion, he is the second greatest 49ers coach of all time because they did this coach ranking early in the offseason too, which we should actually get to as well in another show. But Bill Walsh obviously was number one. And then it was a t- it was like very close between Seifert and, and Kyle for, for number two. And, and I was like, no, it's, it's George Seifert. He was a better coach because he has the resume. I wonder if his years in Carolina, maybe, because he was eight and eight, seven and nine, one and 15 from 99 yeah. to 2001. Maybe, maybe that soured people. But yeah, with the Niners, he was. So he was there from 89 to 96, 14 and two, 14 and two, 10 and six, 14 and two, 10 and six, 13 and three, 11 and five, 12 and four, two Super Bowl titles, 10 and five in the playoffs. Now, I know there were some disappointments in there, but I mean, dude still won two Super Bowls. He had a 766 yeah. winning percentage. That's pretty I mean, great, man. One of the one of the very few coaches to have won multiple Super Bowls still to this yeah. day. It just gives you an idea of how hard it is. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's a topic for another day. I'm curious to hear what Brian has to say about the coach, the the coaching pecking order as well. But man, it's just I'm I'm excited that we're getting closer to the season now. I'm excited that that OTAs have started. We got the news about mm-hmm. Purdy. You can see a light at the end of the tunnel. And you know, if they can stay healthy, you know this team is going to be good. It's not one of those years where we're wondering, like, oh, what, what? Right. No, they'll be an elite team. We know this about them, and and that's why I'm I'm excited about this season as opposed to maybe others where they where they've been unknowns. Yeah, this feels a lot like 2013 ish to me, where you just I right. know they're going to be good. It's just a matter of how good. Like, there's yep. no way if they again barring catastrophic injuries, there's no way this team isn't going to 
be a playoff team. It, it would be yep. a disaster. They're just, they're that loaded. Um, so we'll see, we'll see how it goes, but I'm excited too. I can kind of you can start to start to see the end of light at the end of the tunnel. Like you said, OTAs June will be a long month because it's just like, you know, nothing's really going on. But then once July hits, it's like, all right, you're ready, ready to go. Camp is around the corner and you could really start feeling it. So it'll be good. All right, Zane. That's it. That's it for today. Yeah. All right, guys. Zane, I'm out. Peace. Nine, zero, three. One, two, three. Nine. Twenty four hundred Sports is an Odyssey company.